a safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion. Tonight we have a couple things going on. So as usual, I will share uh, some news tidbits with you and just some fun uh, fun things I found uh, relating to sex on, on the net. Uh, we're also going to talk to uh, a do- uh, to uh, the first uh, Canada's first trans supermodel. I don't know if you know this, but November 11th to 17th is Transgender Awareness Week. So uh, we're going to mark the occasion by speaking to Crow, who is the uh, the subject of a new documentary called Transformation. After 10.30, we'll also play uh, Dirty Minds and your chance to win a one-month unlimited pass to 360 Punch, a boutique gym out on the West Island. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion at 514-800. All right, some of my leftover questions from last night, and thank you for your patience. I can't always get to all the questions, but I try my darndest. Um, If someone you know is starting a relationship and you hear a possible rumor that the other person has an incurable STD, should you tell them? I personally would, since that is my friend, but there is a big thing going on between YouTubers about this very matter, and I'm curious about who is right here. So I haven't seen anything on, uh, I'm not a big YouTube looker, uh, viewer, so I'm not sure what the what's trending there. Uh, and you say an incurable STI, like, are you talking about uh, herpes? I mean, you only have herpes, HPV, or HIV. So... Here's the thing. I have trouble when somebody says it's a rumor, okay? Uh, outing somebody based on a rumor I don't think is uh, is fair. But what you can say if it's your friend is, hey, I hope... Um, you know, I hope you're going to get tested and I hope you're going to ask for your partner to, uh, to get tested because that, that's the right thing to do. That's the, uh, the safest thing to do. So encouraging your friend to get tested or to make sure that they, uh, they practice safe sex, so I think is a, is a better angle than I heard a rumor that this guy you're dating has, you know, blah, blah, whatever, whatever it is. And we also have to be careful that we're not so judgmental about this, right? There's a a huge number of people who have herpes, for example, and there's no shame in this, right? Like the way you pose the question is it's almost like a a big shameful thing. So I think to be a responsible person, if you, uh, if you have herpes, then uh, it's something that you, you should share absolutely with, uh, with a partner. H, for people who have HPV, they may not even know they have it because most people are asymptomatic and it, uh, it goes away. Mind you, that one is curable. The only one that's really not curable, it, we're talking about herpes, uh, herpes and, uh, and HIV. And if someone is HIV positive, uh, you would hope that if people know, then they must be on the cocktail of medication and the medication makes them, um, uh, their viral load to, to nil, like it's uh, non-transmittable. So you have to be careful when you start talking like this because you may not know the, the whole story. 
So if it was me, I would just encourage the safe sex. I would have the safe sex talk with your friend. Uh, what does it mean when you see a bit of blood inside the uh, inside semen? So that's so when you have blood in the semen, it's called hematospermia, basically. And the, one of the most common causes of blood in the semen is if you've had your uh, a prostate uh, biopsy done of your uh, prostate. But blood in the semen can be caused by infections, can be caused by kidney stones, can be caused by inflammation in any part of the urogenital system. Uh, so it's something you would want to check if you just see it like one time may not be so bad. Sometimes it could be a little scratch in the urethra uh, or something like that. Generally not something to to be uh, concerned about, but if it's uh, there, you, you would want to check because it might be the an inflammation of the prostate. Um, and of course, you want to make sure that there's no prostate cancer or anything like that. So I think that would be really, really important to, uh, to check. Anytime you see something that doesn't belong, speak to a doctor. Just speak to a doctor. Do not be afraid uh, to consult your doctor with this kind of thing. 514-800, if you want to text in, uh, you know, share some of your own, uh, your own advice or, or your own comments about anything that we're talking about, then I uh, would love you to do that at 514-800. Uh, I recently saw something on Sex TV, I guess that's a uh, specialty channel, about delay creams for men. I guess it's something topical that desensitizes the penis, which is supposed to delay ejaculation. Does it work? It does work to some degree. Uh, some men, uh, it can delay it for a bit. It, it does numb the sensation. Uh, it's a little bit like... Think of, uh, you know, when you have a sore throat and you take that chloroseptic spray and you spray it at the back of your throat, it has the same ingredients in it, basically, and it just, uh, it just numbs it. So, uh, there's numbing sprays. There's, there's a, a bunch of ones on the market. There's one that has been studied called Promescent, Promescent, P-R-O-M-E-S-C-E-N-T, uh, that seems to have really good, uh, good results. But at the same time, I think you can also l learn to train your, uh, train your penis a little bit. Uh, so it's something that you can do in terms of exercises, which I've talked about many times, uh, on the program. Uh, text writes, rumors spread faster than facts, and they probably spread faster than STIs. Uh, if there is no facts to back it up, don't spread rumors. Uh, I, I tend to agree with that. You know, if you are the one, let's say it was somebody you dated and you knew for a fact that they had this, maybe that would be something. But it's true. To go uh, based on rumors, I'd have a, a hard time with that. Uh, if someone young, late 20s, has low testosterone and pills don't seem to help, uh, no difference in libido, do you think other methods will work much better? And if some medication does help, will the person need to take the medication for the rest of his life or can it kickstart the testosterone back to normal? So first of all, I'd want to know, why does a young man in their 20s has low testosterone? Has there been trauma in the testicles? Is there... Um, 
like the development of the testes are, are they're not completely developed is there one like is there a non-descending testicle so that's something else that I'd want to uh, to look at uh, depression can re- can decrease testosterone as well exercising regularly can help boost testosterone so I can't answer this question unless I know why what is uh, what's going on uh, coming up, we are going to speak to Crow, Canada's first trans supermodel, who's going to talk to us about a documentary in which he is featured in. I'm excited to uh, to speak to uh, to Crow. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. This week is Transgender Awareness Week, and on November 20th, uh, a documentary called Crow's Transformation that follows a Canadian trans supermodel Crow will air on Out TV, which is Canada's only LGBTQ plus television network. And uh, November 20th happens to be Transgender Day of Remembrance. On the line with us is Crow, the uh, subject of the documentary. Hi, Crow. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thanks for having me. It's wonderful to uh, to hear you here. Uh, so can you give us a little sneak peek into the documentary? Uh, sure. This documentary is about my transition going from uh, female over to male, and it covers from right before I take my first testosterone shot up to doing surgeries, going through the whole mental and physical changes. And uh, we filmed for about three years and then four oh, years wow. of editing. But, wow. yeah, it's been an amazing journey. <laughs> <laughs> wow, they followed your entire journey. Absolutely. <laughs> That's pretty incredible. I, I'm really looking forward to it, actually. Uh, why do you think we need a Transgender Awareness Week, Crow? I think that it's so important because um, a lot of transgender people still aren't very visible and it still is a very um, new sort of social issue that has come up uh, versus many other social issues that have been known about before. Um, And the Trans Awareness Week is really important because the suicide rates for transgender people are so high, especially young people who are trying to figure out who they are and don't understand that there are places that they can go to to be able to change themselves to feel like who they are and places that can support them emotionally mentally physically um, if their families are not as accepting as they would hope do you think do you think that in the last uh, 20 years or so there's been a shift now that the internet is around and uh, young trans people can actually at least find a community online have have you noticed a, a difference Oh, absolutely. Um, The fact that the Internet allows us to share so much information and connect to communities that we wouldn't necessarily have access to without the Internet uh, really makes a difference on being able to find communities that can support you and understand you and maybe connect with the experiences that you have or will have in the future. So definitely important. I think there was a time, I mean, I've been working in, in the field of sexuality for 30 years and I started my career working with uh, trans individuals actually who were going through the process and they had nowhere to go like they didn't know where to begin and now when I speak to young people um, 
who uh, you know who are going through this they they actually are able to go to people who have youtube channels and they follow people like you uh to know like where do i go next and who do i go to and who do i speak to and what's the next step and the next step so i think that's uh it, it's done a great service for the trans community in that respect yeah absolutely i mean being able to talk to friends about being able to find the first clinic that mm-hmm. I could go to to get trans care, um, being able to search online to see if there's other clinics around my area also if uh, if I ever needed that. That kind of information was definitely not available 20 years ago. So No, that's, uh, that's for sure. We have one texter who just wrote in said, I just played a video of Crow on CTV. I am a straight male, but I must admit... Why well, she says she has the wow factor going, and if anyone could turn me, she could. But that was before. <laughs> this is interesting. Yeah. People don't know. <laughs> I think they probably saw with the uh, all the pictures of my previous modeling that I did. When I was a female, I was a model before, and then after transitioning, I've actually become a male a model. A male model, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just find it, it – I mean, I'm laughing, but it's it's one of those – it's why we need trans awareness is because people have to get used to, first of all, the pronouns, and they sometimes can't even tell. I'm sure this this texter probably thought you were went the other way. Oh, probably. That you were a male and became a woman. <laughs> probably. Uh, what do you think are some of the myths? Like, what, what would you want to tell our listening audience like you want to obviously the documentary is there to educate because it's also for for the world to see uh what are the messages you want to get out there um i think that one of the biggest messages is that regardless of who you are trying to portray yourself as or who you feel like you're inside um that doesn't change who you are, who you have always been, and for other people to realize that you are still the same person, still the same one that they have known and come to love, that changing your gender doesn't have to change the way they look at you. Um, And I think that's one of the really most important things, is that not changing your opinion of someone just because of the choices that they make. Right. What was your your biggest struggle, Crow? Uh, For me, it was probably first coming out um, to my mom. Mm-hmm. because I have a lot of transgender friends that I met with the cosplay community, and a lot of them had parents that absolutely loved them, but as soon as they came out to their parents, suddenly that love was cut off from them. Oh, boy. Um, so even though knowing that my mom loved me, I still had that fear because others who believed their parents loved them had that cut off. Um, so that was probably my biggest struggle was being brave enough to come out to my mom and being prepared for any kind of reaction. So I think that was my biggest struggle, but luckily she was very supportive of me. So What about your dad? Uh, my dad is not part of my life, so okay. there was never the need to come out to him. Okay, and, and how did your friends react to you? Like, when did you come out? What age? Um, when I was 16 is when I first met people who were transgender um, for both ways. Okay. And that was when I realized that there was the option to change and that I wasn't just someone weird mm-hmm. so that was kind of the time that I was able to come out and go by the name I wanted to go by go by the gender that I wanted to go by and have people actually accept me and not look at me like I was strange so yeah I'd say 16 is when I properly came out to my friends 
Um, but even then, it was only close friends who were already in the community, right. so a safe environment. Just that the texter wrote back saying, yes, thought he was going to she. <laughs> My apologies <laughs> to Crow. <laughs> oh, and, and says, you may have changed sexes, but you can't change the nice person you are. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. Yeah. <laughs> I knew I knew there was something there. <laughs> uh, how old are you now? Uh, me, right now, I am 23, almost 24, because December is coming up. Okay, well, happy birthday, almost birthday. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. How was it for you in school? Uh, for me in school, it was pretty all right. Um, for high school, it was elementary school that I was bullied. Oh. Um, okay. And that was just the way I dressed. Uh, mm-hmm. Because I wasn't super feminine, I was kind of more masculine with the way I dressed. Um, but I was also with like more of like a Gothic punk style, which not Mm -hmm. many people at my school were used to. So that was more so what I was bullied for. Um, and I didn't come out during high school. So with the people that I actually went to school with, um, it was only within the cosplay community, which was separated from high school. So I never had any, um, any judgment from classmates because I didn't tell them. All right. And do you find it's easier for women to transition simply because we accept women as tomboys and we accept women to to dress in gender neutral clothing far more? I think. I don't know what you I don't know if you notice a difference or in talking to people in your circle. I'm not sure if it's necessarily um easier for women to transition to men. Mm-hmm. Um I still feel like because there is such a lack of trans male visibility in mm. social media versus trans women that um, we just have different difficulties that we face than uh, the typical trans woman would face. Um, I do think that there is a lot more judgment towards trans women than there are to trans men. Yes. But I definitely feel that there is de- um, more lacking about visibility for trans men than there is about trans women. And I wonder, too, if... Um... It's because what I've noticed is the trans uh, men tend to maybe pass easier, more, you know, with testosterone and beards and almost like they can, it's the blending in is, is easier. So they're not as visible. Yeah, I feel like um, blending in can be a bit easier for trans males. Um, However, they, I do tend to notice that they have more of a fear of being recognized as a transgender man rather than just the average man. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that kind of also adds to that lack of visibility is that fear of, oh, what if I'm no longer one of the guys if they know that I'm trans? Right. Uh, Right. So I think that that is kind of a social thing that affects people still. Still a scary thing. Like you still carry that, right? For sure. Right. Well, Crow, I can't wait to uh, to see a transformation. I think uh, it's it's great. It's great that you did this and uh, that you took that you put your life out there for everyone else to see and and learn from. I appreciate you taking the time with us here tonight. Oh well, thank you so much for having me. It was great to be on here. Oh great! Um, and I'll be having the documentary come out on the twentieth. And uh, if you guys want to follow me, it'll be Crow with a K on Instagram. Wonderful. We will follow you, Crow. Thank you so much. (laughs)
All right. Thank you so much for you having me. You take care. Bye-bye. Uh, so, again, the documentary is called uh, Transformation. It follows Crow, who's a uh, Canadian trans supermodel. It's going to air on Out TV on November 20th uh, on Transgender Day of Remembrance. And remember, you can follow Crow with a K on Instagram. with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Actually, just got in a text and said, Howard S. Billings in Chattagay, the school has three types of washrooms, girls, boys, and trans. So that's very forward thinking. Uh, before I get to your personality, your sex personality type, it's time to play Dirty Minds. I give you three clues. First caller through at 514-790-0800 with the right answer will win a one-month unlimited pass to use at 360 Punch on the West Island. I hang between your chest and knees. The older I am, the bigger I get. There's hair growing around my hole. What am I? 514-790-0800. All right, here are some sex personality types. So listen in and you tell me which one you are. All right. Number one is the decompressor. In other words, when you're feeling overwhelmed, sex is your go-to stress reliever. Then there is the explorer. For you, sex is all about trying new things, having fun, and not taking it too seriously. The fair trader. Generosity and a healthy give and take in the bedroom are crucial for the fair trader. You expect your partner to meet your needs with enthusiasm and you'll gladly do the same for them. Then uh, are you the giver? In your eyes, sex is a gift to share with your partner. Uh, your partner's sexual experience is at least as important to you as your own and probably even more so. Are you the guardian? Feeling safe with your sexual partner is of the utmost importance. You may have dealt with sexual trauma in the past. Are you the passion pursuer? If you are, then sex isn't good unless it's intense and all-consuming, maybe even a little animalistic. Are you the pleasure seeker? Uh, the physical pleasure you feel during sex is what keeps you coming back for more. You just like feeling good. Some people are the prioritizers as their sex personality type. No matter how busy you are, sex remains a top priority for you. Even when you're tired, you want to find time for sex and will plan accordingly to make sure it happens. You value sex in your life and you're willing to spend time on it and make sacrifices for it. Are you the romantic? If you are, the purpose of sex for you is to connect with your partner on an emotional level, not just a physical one. You may enjoy more intimate sex that involves caressing, eye contact, and exchanging I love yous. You want to stay present and not rush the experience. Are you the spiritualist? 
If you are, then you think sex should be a transcendent experience. Sex is bigger than what's happening in your body. You may be religious or you may enjoy Eastern philosophies like Tantra. So if you're into that, that makes you the spiritualist. Or finally, are you the thrill seeker? Uh, Your sexual interests aren't vanilla if you're a thrill seeker and that's the way you like it. So you might be into BDSM, kink, or taboo sexual fantasies. Those don't scare you off. They excite you. You may enjoy an element of power play in your sex life, like allowing your partner to dominate you or dominating your uh, partner. Whereas the explorer simply likes exploration for exploration's sake, you crave that sense of the taboo. So which one are you? What aspects of sex are most important to you? And knowing your type or your person, your sex personality type is helpful so that you can communicate to your partner what it is exactly uh, that you need. And it can create a, a nice framework to opening up a conversation about sexuality. 514-800. Can you figure out which sex personality type you are? Share them with us right here. So one of the things that made the news this week um, is uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves didn't do anything special, really. He went on the red carpet with a woman of his own age. And he was hailed a hero on the view, a hero for dating someone his own age. Imagine. So panelists on the view discuss the disappointing reality that such behavior should be deemed heroic. Imagine that he's being applauded for doing something that should be really pretty normal. And uh, so the view discussed this on their show this week. And uh, there was a huge reaction elicited by, uh, by Keanu's recent red carpet appearance with artist Alexandra Grant. People are calling 55-year-old movie star Keanu Reeves a hero. Why? This is a quote. Because he showed up on the red carpet with a woman he's dating who happens to be around his age. She's actually nine years younger, but he's becoming like the poster child for a guy who's really great because he goes out with a woman who's like around his age. This is from Joy Behar um, on The View. Uh, The panel uh, discussed the reaction, which largely included praise for Reeves, having chosen a woman in his own age group, a stark contrast to Hollywood's norm. In fact, Behar said Hugh Hefner was 60 years older than his last wife. When we talked about age gap relationships, yeah, we forgot to mention him, but imagine being 60 years older. Holy crap. Uh, And then she went on to uh, list uh, a whole bunch of uh, dramatic age differences in Hollywood relationships, like uh, Dennis Quaid, who's 65, who uh, is engaged to a 26-year-old, Michael Douglas and Catherine Zeta-Jones, 25-year difference, Alec Baldwin and Hilaria Baldwin, 26-year difference, Billy Joel, a 33-year difference, Uh, David Pfister and Catherine McPhee, 34-year difference, Wow. So they say that's the difference. You can see why they call this guy a hero when you hear this. (laughs) A hero simply for dating somebody your own age. So we have a winner. Um, Mark is a winner. Congratulations, Mark. I believe Mark is our poet. 
who sends me poems all the time. Let me give you the the uh, the clues again and the answer. I hang between your chest and knees. The older I am, the bigger I get. There's hair growing around my hole. I am a belly. Congratulations, Mark. You win a one-month unlimited pass to 360 Punch. You can catch me there pretty much every uh, every morning. So uh, make sure you say hello to me when you're uh, when you're working out there. What do we want to talk about coming up? Let's see. I've got all these uh, these stories. When do you know if you have met your soulmate? First of all, do you even believe in the whole notion of soulmates? So we can talk about uh, we can talk about that. But interesting article in the Huff Post: Ten signs you've met your soulmate according to people who found theirs and I'll give you a few of those number one being around this person gives you a sense of peace and comfort even very early in the relationship you know when that it's that simplicity that it's just a peaceful easy easy relationship Uh, you may be very different but you balance each other out you get this palpable gut feeling that you've met your match your values are in total alignment You've seen this person at their worst and love them anyway. You, you care so deeply about each other that at times you actually feel each other's pain. You feel a kind of electricity when you touch. Your relationship may be rocky at times, but the rough patches help you grow. You feel like you can let your guard down and be 100% yourself when you're with this person. And you recognize that this person came into your life to teach you an important lesson. So those are uh, elements of how you know you have found your soulmate. If you believe in soulmates, I believe in good matches, that's for sure. Um, absolutely. Coming up, I want to talk about a woman who um, decided to do something very different than uh, today's modern woman. She's not what we would call a modern woman. I'll tell you how she decide, decides to live her life. This is Passion on CJAD 800. All right, I got a couple of texts I want to get to here. First of all, Mark sent me another little poem. I will come to see you at 360 Punch early in the morning sometime before lunch. I will not spar with you or make a pass. You've been going there often and will kick my ass. <laughs> yeah, you got them in your head there. It's pretty, uh, pretty darn good. I just Googled Alexandra Grant. She actually looks quite a bit older than Keanu Reeves. I guess this is why everyone is in such a tizzy. I always did think he was more of a deep person than most of the shallow male bimbos out there. Very true. And he's a very private person, Keanu Reeves. Like he doesn't, he's not out there. You know, you hear very little about him and he keeps it very, very quiet. Maybe that's because he's Canadian, as somebody said. He's Canadian. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see this woman. I, I was like reading this and I'm going, what? So not, not that it's so shocking, but this woman basically used to work in a, used to work a job, a payroll job, whatever. She decided to quit this job to become a stay at home person, not mom. She doesn't have kids, uh, and take care of Her husband, her reasoning for this decision is because she believes, this is the part, 
that, quote, men should be spoiled by their wives. Now she cooks, cleans, and lays out his clothes for him daily. And it goes on to give her whole routine. She's 30 years old, and she decided, no, her whole career is going to be now to take care of her husband. And uh, she wakes up early in the morning to lay out her husband's clothes, makes his breakfast, packs his lunch, When he leaves for work, she does all the laundry, cleans the house, prepares dinner, a big meal from scratch every single day. Uh, She has dinner ready and on the table when he gets home from work. Um, She decided to quit because she wanted to become a 1950s inspired housewife. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure what this is about, but nonetheless, uh, she lives she basically does everything in this vintage, uh, vintage style. So she even dresses in the same way. Uh, she, um, wears her hair in a 50s style way. Um, like basically she's, what's her name from, uh, Mad Men, right? Uh, the wife there, although she, the wife in Mad Men was none too happy uh, about her life as a uh, as a housewife, but nonetheless, this is what uh, what she does. Even uses even uses Pond's cold cream, <laughs> like vintage, you know, product uh, like that, and even cooks meals that are uh, that were common in the 1950s. She doesn't watch TV doesn't listen to modern music, only to Frank Sinatra and Doris Day. I don't get it. I'm I'm not clear as to what this is about or why, but um, she just wants to be different than your modern woman. I'm I'm not quite sure where to go with that. But anyhow, uh, all right, does marriage lead to sexual satisfaction? I want to share a little bit of a study with you here. So this researcher noted um, that with the rise of cohabitation, living together, being unmarried has become increasingly accepted by many social and demographic groups, uh, which can lead to the same benefits and contribute to other positives, such as sexual and romantic variety, personal freedom, and excitement. So this uh, researcher explored um, sexual happiness, uh, looking at uh, married cohabitating couples, single never married, cohabitate cohabiting but not married, divorced or separated and single, never married living apart from a new partner, divorce separated living with a new partner, divorce separating living apart from a new partner. So in terms of the frequency of sex and sexual satisfaction, it mattered which group you were in. Single individuals without a partner, whether never married or divorced or separated, had the fewest sexual partners and the lowest sexual satisfaction scores. Those who had the most sex were those who have a new partner, whether the two uh, or more are cohabiting or living apart. These were also the same individuals who had the highest levels of sexual satisfaction. Uh, Turning to the more general concept of life satisfactions, singles once again had the lowest level and those who reported the highest life satisfaction were those cohabiting with a partner, whether once married or not. So what is the difference among the groups? This is their explanation. It might not be the traditional explanation that being with someone leads to a happier life. Rather, 
perhaps those with a pre-existing happier life are more likely to find a partner, which came first, right? Thus, what might be critical here is that it is not marriage per se that is beneficial for sexual satisfaction or life happiness, but simply having a partner, whether living together or apart. The researcher concluded, the findings indicate that marriage per se is not beneficial for sexual satisfaction. Married couples score relatively low in this regard. Therefore, it seems that it is not marriage that is beneficial to sexual satisfaction, but rather having a partner. And if having lots of sex is important, then having a new partner is helpful, whether the couple is living together or apart. So (laughs) that doesn't bode well for long-term relationships, right? Or long-term satisfaction. It's like, you want a lot of sex, you got to get yourself a new partner. But that's the reality for a lot of people. People who have been in long-term marriages may have less sex and may have less exciting sex. You put them with new partners, oh, all of a sudden, libido goes through the roof. But that's that's part of life. That's, That's normal. Anything new is going to be more exciting and anything new cannot compete with something old unfortunately i think that's about it for us well thank you thank you all for uh, spending your time uh, with me i want to thank aaron lakoff our technical producer linda delisi our passion researcher if you want to connect with me on social media you can do that at dr Lori batito B-E-T-I-T-O is how you spell my last name. You can also go to my website, drlaurie.com. And if you've missed some shows, and we've had a couple of really interesting shows uh, this week. In fact, uh, one day we talked about um, the definition of what it is to be a man today with our, our guys panel. And yesterday we talked about parental alienation in divorces. So uh, they were pretty compelling um, um people talking uh, about this these issues so if you uh, if you missed it you can uh, download the podcast just go to uh, passion radio if you go to the tab uh, at my website and you will get all the shows that are listed there and you can listen to them at your leisure coming up next here on cjd we bring you the ctv national news have a great rest of the evening a fabulous weekend and remember to live your life with passion Hey boy, tap your feet